Have you ever known someone who was seriously into bodybuilding? One of these guys that really bulks up huge muscles all over bodybuilders? Or maybe in a more general sense, we sometimes talk about strength conditioning. People who are into making their bodies very fit, strong, lift weights and do all that sort of thing. Probably all of us have known someone like that, and, and to achieve the goals that they want to achieve, it's a real regimen. I mean, there's lots of things that you have to do. It's not just one thing. It involves, obviously, lots of physical exercise, but you've got to do different kinds of physical exercises. You can't just do one. You've got to go through a variety of different exercises. And then, of course, there's the diet that you have to eat. You have to eat a specified diet and, and maybe take certain dietary supplements to help in, in uh, achieving the goals that you want if you're going to be strong physically, really strong physically. Now, also, it takes a, a huge degree of dedication. The people who are really going to succeed at bodybuilding, uh, they've got to be very committed to what they're doing. It's an everyday kind of a thing. And you might you might do it for several days in a row, but if you let down on one day, you'll undo the work that you've done for a number of days before that. You've got to stay at it. You've got to just do this it, uh, day in, day out. You've got to be committed to it. That's what it takes if you're going to build up your physical body, okay? We understand that when it comes to strength conditioning. Today we want to talk about strength, but we want to talk about a more important kind of strength. We want to talk about spiritual strength. We want to Talk about spiritual strength conditioning, spiritual bodybuilding, if you will. What does it take to be strong spiritually? How do we get it? Where does it come from? What are our sources of spiritual strength? That's what we want to talk about for a few minutes in our lesson this morning. We stopped to add words of welcome to those that have already been extended. We're glad that you're here. And we hope that because of our time spent together today that we will be stronger spiritually uh, by virtue of what we're doing. That's our, our hope, that we're all encouraged and strengthened by our time together in worship and Bible study. And, of course, as we always say, we want God to be glorified by what we do. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for being a part of this. Spiritual strength. That's something that we all ought to want to desire. You know, if you were a person who was given over to bodybuilding... And you might really achieve some real real success in physical strength, but you know what? That's going to pass. Uh, you're going to grow old. Your body will begin to lose functionality. Some of those muscles that you built up will begin to deteriorate. And sooner or later, we're all going to die physically, right? Unless the Lord returns first. And so all the effort that you might put into physical bodybuilding and physical strengthening will go away. But the work that we put into spiritual strength will endure forever. In the text that Anthony read for us a, a few moments ago from 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, Paul said, Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable in all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The idea of that is there's, there is some profit. I think Anthony's version probably did a better job of saying that at the start. There is some profit, there's some benefit to exercising your physical body, but it can't compare to exercising yourself spiritually because when we exercise ourselves spiritually, we benefit now and in eternity. And so all of us ought to really desire to be strong spiritually. That being the case, then we ask, what are the sources 
of our spiritual strength. Let's start out by simply saying that our strength comes from the Lord. We're going to be speaking in rather general, broad generalities here at this first point, but just a sort of an umbrella statement, our spiritual strength has to come from the Lord. The Apostle Paul knew this. Paul, of course, was an extremely strong spiritual person. I don't know that we could find another person with the exception of Jesus Christ himself. I don't know that in the New Testament we could even find anybody that comes close in comparison to the strength that the Apostle Paul manifested in his life. And yet he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He knew that his strength came from the Lord. Well, sure, the Lord would strengthen a person like Paul, but what about me? I mean, I'm nothing in comparison to Paul. I think that's the way we would feel. I, I, I couldn't even begin to hold a candle to the Apostle Paul. Yeah, the Lord might strengthen him, but what will he do for me? Well, Paul promised that he would do that for all of us. In Second Thessalonians 3, beginning verse 2, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. This strength of the Lord is promised to us all. Isn't that a comforting thing to know? Uh, even though we may not be a, a, like the Apostle Paul, hardly in any aspect, we can, be, we can be strengthened by the Lord. What we really want to emphasize then is that our dependence must be upon Him. Since our strength comes from the Lord, we need to be dependent upon Him and not have this idea of independence or I don't need any. I need the strength that comes from the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning verse 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I really do think that there's too much tendency to rely on our own strength and to forget that we are dependent upon the Lord for our spiritual strength. We fail to recognize that we need Him all the time. In every way, we need the Lord. Think about why maybe we don't pray as often as we ought to be praying. Why would I neglect prayer? Well, it may be because I don't feel like I really need it. I don't feel like I need to talk to God. I don't feel like I need the strength that comes from the Lord. I can do it on my own. Or why wouldn't we spend time trying to teach others about the saving gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, it may be because we're not personally that impressed with what the Lord does for us through His grace provided through the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. I, I think I've got it made. I'm, I'm able to do it on my own. I don't think about needing God. Therefore, I don't do these things. I don't pray. I don't talk to others. I, but you know, the fact of the matter is, when we constantly struggle with things in our lives, what we ought to realize is, Maybe the reason we're struggling is we've not cast all of our cares upon Him like Peter encouraged us to do here. And so, first of all, in a very broad, general way, what's our source of spiritual strength? Well, right there's the answer. We can stop right there because that's the ultimate answer, right? The Lord is the source of our spiritual strength. But there's more that we could say about that, and we could, we could refine that a little bit. In fact, we could add another statement here. Our spiritual strength comes from the Spirit. Now, I'm still speaking in, in sort of broad general terms here about strength through the Spirit. Some people have this idea that the, the working of the Spirit is a mysterious thing that can't really be understood. Oh, yeah, He strengthens us, but we don't know how. We don't know how it works. We don't know what He does. The, the Spirit strengthens us, and, and a lot of times... When, 
people talk about that. Even some of our own brethren, when they talk about that, there's almost a mystique involved in the idea of strength through the Spirit. Well, what do we know about that? Yes, the Spirit strengthens us. We believe that. The Scriptures tell us that. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning verse 14, Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with His might by His Spirit in the inner man. Draw special attention to this. Strengthened, that's what we're talking about, spiritual strength. Strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. And so if someone were to ask you a question, does the Spirit strengthen us? Well, the answer would have to be yes, right? We'd be, not, we'd be denying plain truth of Scripture if we tried to argue that the Spirit is not involved in us achieving spiritual strength in our life. Yes, definitely He does. Now, the follow-up question, of course, is how? Well, we have the answer to that. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? By the hearing of faith. Paul's asking a rhetorical question right there, and the, the answer is obvious. How, how did the Spirit come? How, how did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive it by the law? Speaking of the law of Moses there. No, he says, you received it by the hearing of faith. That's how you got the Spirit. And of course, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, verse 17 says. And so I would suggest to you that you, we, can, we can do away with the, the mystique of the Spirit strengthening in us and simply answer that how He does that is through the inspired Word of God. The Spirit works through the Word. It's His tool that He uses to strengthen us. And as we take that Word into us, as we incorporate it in our minds and in our lives, as we live by that, we are strengthened in the inner man. That's how the Spirit works. Now, I think some people are, are not satisfied with that explanation, but I don't know why. Uh, you, this is an illustration we've used before. Uh, place, a, place a big piece of firewood there. One of those big stump sections that's too big to pick up and put into the stove, we're going to have to split it. So how are you going to split that? Well, we all talk about uh, splitting axe, although we use tools probably much better than an axe these days, a splitting maul, or maybe even one of those hydraulic splitters. And so now, here's this, this is a big stump piece, and now there's eight or ten pieces of handleable, firewood there and and you weren't there to see how i did it you don't know what I, I you don't know whether i used an axe or a maul or a hydraulic splitter but you come and look and and i say i split that log i split that log would i not be telling the truth wasn't i the one who did it i used a tool to do it i didn't break it apart with my bare hands i used a tool to do it I used an axe or a maul or a hydraulic splitter, but I split the log, right? So when we talk about the Spirit strengthening us, do you believe that? Yes, we believe the Spirit strengthens us. The Word of God says so. If you believe the Word, you have to believe that. How does He do that strengthening? The Scriptures are clear that He strengthens us using the tool of His Word that He inspired men to write for us to live by. And so... Again, we're talking about sources of spiritual strength. The Lord, generally speaking, 
All of our spiritual strength comes from the Lord. The Spirit has had an instrumental part in that, in revealing the truth of God for us to live by. We're strengthened in this inner man through the Spirit. Now let's talk more specifically. What are some of the ways? I'm not suggesting we will talk about all of the ways this morning. But how does the Lord and the Spirit strengthen us? Let's get more specific. Let's talk about the fact that, the, that we're strengthened through the preaching of the Word. Now this goes just right in hand with what we were saying a minute ago. The Spirit works through the Word. We're strengthened as we're exposed by, to preaching and teaching of the Word. In Acts chapter 14, we read, it, we read about the Apostle Paul, uh, and Barnabas was with him, and this is at the end of the first missionary journey in the book of Acts. And Barnabas and Paul returned back through some of the cities that they'd already been in on that trip. Interestingly, they returned to some of those cities where they had been severely persecuted on that trip. But it says, after they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. Well, there's the concept that we're talking about in our lesson this morning. They were strengthening the souls. How did they strengthen the souls? Well, it connects that with what they were telling them, what they were saying to them, the preaching that they were doing. And so these new Christians were strengthened, how? by giving them instruction from the Word of God. You see it? What would be true of us then? Wouldn't it also be true of us that we are strengthened, spiritually strengthened, when we hear God's Word preached, when we engage in classes where we're teaching and talking about the Word of God? Spiritual strength comes that way. Here's an interesting reference in Acts chapter 15, verse 32 beginning. This was after the big meeting that was held in Jerusalem, and some of the Jews from Jerusalem went with Paul back to the city of Antioch in Syria, and two of them were Judas and Silas, and it says, Judas and Silas also being prophets themselves encouraged us and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. Have you ever noticed that before? They strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. If we see preaching and teaching as a as a positive source of spiritual strength, then we should actually want more of it, not less. And we should see opportunities to be exposed to God's truth as a positive thing, not a burdensome thing. It is, it's good for us. Uh, sometimes people act like they're uh, doing something very hard or difficult to do when they sit through sermons or when they join in a Bible class. We shouldn't be that way we should understand that we're gaining strength in that process and it ought to be important to us. So one of the specific avenues of this spiritual strength comes from preaching, exposure to the Word. I want to suggest that prayer is a way to be strengthened spiritually. And I think that this in our, in our lives, if not in our teaching, at least in our lives, probably an area where we neglect to do as much as we could. We need to pray. We need to use the power of prayer. And we need to understand that prayer can be a source of strength to us spiritually. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus was talking about, to his disciples about the destruction of Jerusalem. And he was talking about the hard things that would come in conjunction with the destruction of Jerusalem. It was going to be a very difficult time. 
And his, history bears out that it was, that the kind of things that went on in that particular time frame were very difficult. Jesus, in instructing them about that, what was coming, he said, but keep on the alert at all times, praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place. Pray. Hard times are coming. Pray that you will have the strength. Would that be applicable to us? Well, it would be, wouldn't it? We face difficult challenges, and I don't think they're anywhere near the same kind of challenges that those Christians experienced in the first century. But we we experience great challenges to our faith, difficulties in living our lives for the Lord. We need strength. How can we get strength? I, I suggest we need to rely more and more upon prayer. We need to be praying for strength. And then, I would argue that a real positive source, a powerful resource that we have for spiritual strength is our own brethren. Have you ever, well, I don't even have to ask this question, we, we all have known people who really were weak spiritually and getting weaker. They weren't growing, they were getting weaker. Let me ask you if you haven't observed that as people grow weaker and weaker, one of the things that they do is that they withdraw from their brethren. They go farther back. They get farther away, right? And whatever relationship they may have had with their brethren now becomes more distant. And they're not seeking a close bond with God's people. We've seen that, haven't we? We've, we've experienced that. Now, since that's true, then the, the opposite of that would also be true. That as I draw closer to my brethren... I can draw strength from them. And that's what I ought to do. And even if I am experiencing a time of weakness in my life, I ought to be perceptive enough to know that I don't want to distance myself from my brothers. I want to draw closer to them. We can draw strength from one another. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus here, just before he was arrested, tried, and crucified, remember he was making a prediction and... And and he told Peter in this context, you're going to deny me. Before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And Luke 22, verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired you that, ye may, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Again, here's, what, here's, the, here's the notion that we're stressing in our lesson this morning. He told Peter, you're going to go through some really tough things. But when you come back, when you've been through that, and when you overcome that, I want you to strengthen your brother. Peter would be in a unique position to be able to help others because of the things that he had experienced. And one of the assignments that Jesus gave to Peter is strengthen your brethren. Well, that's good advice for us all. People are going through things, hard things in many instances. Uh, we need to know when we're going through hard times that we're not the only one who ever experienced such hard times. And there's others who can help us, who can strengthen us. Draw near to them. Use that resource of strength. Actually, we have an assignment in this regard. We're commanded to do so. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. As you think about your responsibilities as a Christian, you should think about, you should list among those responsibilities that you have the important responsibility to 
be an encouragement to your brethren. We should be able to draw strength from one another. Unfortunately, I think that oftentimes we end up being a discouragement to one another rather than an encouragement to one another. And that's a sad reality. It ought not to be that way. We're living in a hard time in a wicked world. And when we come together as Christians, it ought to be a source of strength and encouragement to us. And, and that being the case, all of us need to be thinking, am I doing things that encourage others? Am, am I, the way I'm conducting myself in all matters, am I conducting myself in such a way that others are encouraged by me? Or are we living such a way and acting in such a way in our relationships when we discourage each other? I've heard Christians actually suggest, I don't care how people take what I do. It doesn't matter to me what people think. That's just, that's just a horrible attitude, and it misses the point. We're supposed to be encouraging. And, and, and I should not ever want to do anything that purposefully puts off my brethren. You know, people are put off by the way I do this, but I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it that way. No, that's not right. We ought to be seeking to be a source of encouragement to one another because that's part of God's plan for providing us with the spiritual strength that we need to live our lives. Let me suggest to you that when you boil it all down, it comes to our own resolve in this matter. Uh, everything that we've talked about, I hope you'll agree, is important. That God has provided avenues for us whereby we can be strengthened spiritually. But finally, it boils down to us. Are we willing to use what God has provided for us? Have you got a um, treadmill at home? A lot of people have a treadmill. You got any weights to lift at home? Lots of people have weights. You got an exercise bike at home? Most people have those. Let me ask you something. How often do you use it? I don't know about you, but what happens a lot of times is that treadmill or that exercise bike sits in the bedroom and what it, it, it ends up to be an extra clothes closet, you know. It's, we, we throw clothes over it. Uh, and, and we almost never use it. If you've got weight, I don't know how many men have bought weights and, and they end up selling them at a garage sale for pennies on the dollar because they, they, oh, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to use these weights. I'm going to use them every day. They may have used them for a couple, three days and then they, they haven't been used in months or years. And so they finally get discarded. You can have all the available resources for bodybuilding, strength conditioning, but if you don't ever use them, you're not going to get any stronger, right? All these resources that God has provided for us to be strengthened spiritually, if we don't use them, they're not going to do us any good. You have to put them to work. In James chapter 5, verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Strengthen your hearts. Notice that expression. That's an imperative. You strengthen your heart. Now, other things can help. God has made other provisions to help, but ultimately it comes up to you. Are you going to be a stronger spiritual person or not? It's up to you. We can't do that for you. You've got to do that for yourself. Are you going to be a stronger spiritual person or not? You've got to be committed to it. 
in 1 Timothy 4. Go back to that text that we started out with. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, exercise thyself unto godliness. You have to do that. You have to engage in the exercise. And so again, as we've been saying, it's important to be spiritually strong. It's the most important thing. Far more important than being strong physically is to be strong spiritually. The Lord provides strength. Through the Spirit, He's provided things that will allow for our strengthening. But we've got to use exposure to the Word through preaching and teaching. We've got to use prayer. We've got to draw strength from our brethren. But we've ultimately got to decide to do that ourselves. What's your situation this morning? Our lesson's been mostly directed toward those of us who are already Christians. So let's speak to that group first. For all of us who are Christians, are you strong spiritually? Are you where you think you need to be spiritually? Are there things that you can improve in? But especially maybe have you actually failed and fallen back and not been living the way God wants you to be living? If you are in that situation, we urge you to have a change of heart. Come back to the Lord in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know. We'd be glad to pray with you, for you. If you're not yet a Christian, you need to start on that journey, serving the Lord in your lives. Obey that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent. Confess, be baptized. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, come while we stand and sing this song.